You are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about what spoon theory gets right and what it gets wrong. Welcome, Mary. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, spoon theory. This has been pretty well known within the migraine community for several years now. I heard this years and years ago, but it has sort of reached a tipping point where I'm hearing it talked about sort of online and different articles and stuff like that. It seems to be hitting the mainstream. Have you noticed that in the past like month or two? Um, maybe not in the last month or two, but I do notice that it, it was like, I've never even heard of it for a while. And then it's everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of hitting its moment. So I want to talk about it. And so Spoon Theory started with a blog post by a woman named Christine Miseradino. Forgive me if I have the name pronounced incorrectly. Uh, but she uh, has a, a chronic uh, condition and she has a blog uh, that she writes about her chronic condition on. And she did a post. This was, again, I don't have the exact date that she did the post, but uh, it has to be several years ago. And coined the phrase, the spoon theory. Mm-hmm. And so she describes going out for a meal i don't know if it was lunch or dinner with a friend and they were at the in the restaurant at the table and the friend asked her you know can you try to tell me what it's like living with this chronic condition and so christine looked around at the table and saw all of the spoons that were on the table the silverware that was on the table and she kind of gathered them all up and she said this is what my life is like every day I have so many spoons and everything that I do requires me to use a spoon up. And so she kind of walked through different things in her day and described, you know, driving in the car, let's say, well, that's going to require a spoon. And so she gave her friend one of the spoons from the table and then you know, going into the store with the fluorescent lighting, that's going to require a spoon, right? So she gave her friend another spoon. And so since she only has so many spoons in a day and the different stressors that she encounters throughout her day could be physical stressors, like, you know, being under the fluorescent lights in a store, that would be a physical stressor on the body, mental or emotional stressors, Because those stressors sort of require her to give up a spoon, right? And she only has so many in a day. If she runs out before the day is over, she's going to be in bed. She's not going to be able to function. Right. Um, And so this is how she described what it was like living with the chronic condition that she has. Now, this really resonated within the migraine community. Mm-hmm. we really relate to that right well if i drove in the car for too long and then i'm under the fluorescent lights in the store and then i um, i get in an argument with the checkout clerk and i've got some physical and mental and emotional stressors oh now i have a migraine 
Right. Uh, those of us that are prone to migraines, we are very sensitive to stressors and we can, we can feel that moment when we hit that tipping point. I call that the uh-oh moment, right? Where things start to brew. Uh-oh, <laughs> something's, something's brewing here, right? Yeah. So this um, story and this term, spoon theory, this became very popular in the migraine community because migraine sufferers are really going to uh, relate to the phenomenon that she's describing in the story. Yeah. So does that match your understanding of spoon theory, Mary? Yeah, I think so. I kind of, in my head, conceptualized it like like a spoonful of sugar kind of thing. Like, oh, I have so many spoonfuls of energy for my day. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. just how I picture it in my head. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have 20 spoons or five spoons, whatever your number is. And when I get to the two or three spoons, I go, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, you know. It's the mm-hmm. uh-oh moment. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there are some things that I would say, you know, this characterization or this concept, there are some things that are sort of true with this conception. And what she is describing is actually... Um, it falls within what I call the third principle. Okay. So there are three things that we have to do to restore our health, or I call them the three principles. The third principle, the third thing that we have to do to restore our health is we have to increase our resiliency and vitality. Mm -hmm. So what's going on here within this third principle that I talk about? So there is an organizing energy to every living system, including us, okay? Every living system on earth has an organizing energy that keeps it in balance, keeps it in homeostasis, keeps it in a state of health, okay? So we are no exception to that. We are a very complicated system. We have our physical body, 30 to 40 trillion cells, okay? Individual cells that roll up into organs, organ systems, our entire body, Uh, in a very complex fashion. And then we have our mental and emotional side of our being as well. So there's an organizing energy that keeps us in balance and homeostasis in a state of health. I like to think of that as a needle pointing north. Okay. When we are in a state of health, homeostasis, balance, our needle is pointing north. When our needle is pointing north, we feel good. We don't have symptoms. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that needle is continuously getting pushed down towards west by stressors, Mm -hmm. physical stressors. uh, Like I gave examples of before, the driving in the car is a physical stressor. Light Mm -hmm. hitting the retina is a physical stressor on the body. Other physical stressors could be an accident, an injury, an illness. Okay. Mental and emotional stressors, the things that we call stress. Mm -hmm. These things are continuously pushing our needle down towards West, Mm -hmm. out of balance, out of homeostasis, out of health. Can I throw in here really fast too that like with the spoon theory, it's like I've heard people talk about, well, it's going to take me five spoons to shower. Now, Mm -hmm. in the way that you're talking about stressors, it doesn't sound like, a shower could be a stressor, but 
it is like any physical exertion, even a shower could push your needle down, could drain yourself of your spoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So physical stressors are, we are being, any sensory impression is a physical stressor. So we are being bombarded continuously by something like 10,000 sensory impressions, you know, every second or something. So all those are tiny stressors, but if we have low resiliency and vitality, we're going to feel them. Mm -hmm. This is why people feel barometric pressure changes, right? The, the pressure changes, that's a physical stressor that's exerted on everyone. But if I have low resiliency and vitality, I'm going to be very sensitive to even a small stressor because the stressors are pushing our needle down towards West. It's our resiliency and vitality that pushes the needle back up to North. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for those of us that are prone to migraines, I want you to think of this sort of compass dial somewhere around Northwest. That's our migraine zone, right? We've got a little, little spot there on Northwest that says migraine zone. If our needle gets pushed down into that migraine zone, we're going to get a migraine. Now, the author of Spoon Theory, Christine, she has a chronic condition where she's in pain all of the time. So her needle is sort of stuck northwest all the time, and she's kind of stuck there, and she's feeling her symptoms all the time. Uh -huh. With migraines, we kind of oscillate where our needle isn't stuck so much, right? Because most of us don't have a migraine all the time. Sometimes our needle can get stuck in that migraine zone and we don't have enough resiliency and vitality to push it out. And that's when people have a migraine 24 seven, right? Or a daily migraine. Mm -hmm. Most people with chronic migraines, right? Their needle goes down into their migraine zone and then their resiliency and vitality kind of rallies. And then they are able to push their needle out of that migraine zone and then they feel better. When that needle gets pushed down right to the beginning of our migraine zone, that's what I call the uh-oh moment, mm -hmm. right? Those of us that are prone to migraines, we have this little uh-oh, uh-oh feeling that happens to us, right? Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I feel before everything, you know, go goes to pot, right? That we're, our needle is right on the line there. If we have a rally in our resiliency and vitality, that needle will get pushed out of the zone and say, oh, okay, it didn't come on. Yeah. If we're, we can feel that we're right on that line and then we get in a fight with our husband, poof, right? We've got a mental and emotional stress. If we don't have resiliency and vitality to push that needle back up, we're going to get a migraine. Mm -hmm. So I want you to think of this needle kind of continuously uh, moving on that compass dial. Mm-hmm. Where the needle is at any point in time, it can either be north in a state of health or it can be, you know, northwest heading towards west. Then we're going to experience different symptoms. Mm -hmm. The types of symptoms that we are prone to, right, are uh, there's some genetic inheritance to that, right? We can see that these things run in families. So on our little dial, we have all of our little symptoms that we're prone to. Mm -hmm. And as the needle moves through those zones, we're going to feel those symptoms. Let me ask you a quick question. Whether we use the migraine needle analogy or the 
spoon analogy, it doesn't seem like in general, once you start going towards west on the needle or taking a spoon out of your pile, it doesn't seem like that very easily like rejuvenates itself. Like the the vitality part, it's not like an easy light switch thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And this is where spoon theory gets it wrong. Mm. Okay. So when we are experiencing symptoms, our needle has gotten pushed towards West. It's in the zone of the various symptoms that we are prone to, but we don't have the resiliency and vitality to push it back up to North. The resiliency and the vitality, this is the healing, the innate healing ability of the body. Mm -hmm. That has to push the needle back up to North and then we feel better. What the spoons correspond to is, right, where the needle is, right? So, okay, I drove to the grocery store. That took two spoons. The needle went down two clicks. Then I was under the fluorescent lights. I, that's going to take a spoon, okay? Needle went down one click. The author, she would reach a point where, you know, she had no more spoons and she'd have to go to bed. Yeah. For migraine sufferers, it's more common for us. We reach the point where we run out of spoons and we get a migraine. Mm -hmm. Which often leads to bed, but not always. Right, exactly. <laughs> we just like that extra step in there. Right. Yeah. So the, the spoons, right, giving up the spoon corresponds to the needle getting pushed down towards west by stressors. And so that aspect of spoon theory is correct. She's picking up. The author is picking up on this phenomenon of resiliency and vitality. Mm. In the Heal Your Headache book, the author of that book, also he uses a hot air balloon where he has this little illustration where we want to keep the hot air balloon out of our migraine zone, right? Uh, that author is also picking up on this phenomenon that exists that I call resiliency and vitality. So this is a naturally occurring phenomenon that you can observe. You can feel it in your own body. I call it resiliency and vitality. Other people have picked it up and called it spoon theory, or they've called it a hot air balloon. What I'm trying to say is this is a principle that exists in nature that you can observe. Mm -hmm. So that's what spoon theory gets correct, right? Our needle is getting pushed down by stressors. We have to give up a spoon if we get exposed to a stressor. Mm. Physical, mental, emotional stressor. Or if we expend too much energy for the day. Yeah, which that would be a stressor, you know. You know, many migraine sufferers, if they walk too long, they're going to get a migraine. Because it's too much physical exertion. Mm -hmm. Well... That physical exertion is a physical stressor on the needle, pushing it down, right? You're going to have to give up a spoon if you go for too long of a walk. So that aspect of spoon theory is correct, okay? She's, she's kind of getting it right from that perspective. Stressors push us out of a state of health, okay, and push that needle down. We have to give up a spoon. What spoon theory gets incorrect 
is saying that we have a fixed amount of spoons. Mm. This is what the third principle is to restoring our health. We have to restore, improve, revitalize, strengthen our resiliency and vitality. Mm. We need to get more spoons. Right. The author of the spoon theory, she's saying, you know what? Every every day I get 20 spoons. And this is going to take three, you know, the shower is going to take three spoons and driving is going to take four spoons and a fight with my husband is going to take five spoons. So I got to conserve these spoons, right? I got to decide, am I going to take a shower or am I going to drive in the car? Because I only have 20 spoons. And I think that's kind of sad when you're like mentally budgeting your spoons out all the time. Right. Right. Exactly. And you have no hope of ever getting any more spoons. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as your chronic disease progresses, one day you wake up and you only have 19 spoons instead of 20. Mm. You only have 18 spoons instead of 20. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of thinking in a way that maybe it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, I only have 20 spoons. So you only allow yourself to do 20 spoons worth of things. Even if maybe today you could have had 21. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what spoon theory is getting wrong is that you can never get more spoons. That your spoons are inevitably going to continue to decline. To restore our health... Part of that process means getting more spoons, restoring our resiliency and vitality so that when the needle inevitably gets pushed down towards West, we can push it back up. Mm -hmm. And this is what I hear. I have experienced this personally in my own life. I hear this over and over again with my clients. So I work with a lot of teachers, Mm -hmm. the teaching environment, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a torture chamber to be a teacher with chronic migraines, right? You've got the noise from the kids, you know, you're trapped in a room all day. You've got the fluorescent lighting. You've got the, the overhead projector, the computer screens. I mean, it's just a nightmare Mm -hmm. for a chronic migraine sufferer, right? So I can't tell you how many women I've worked with over the years. They're a teacher. They have had the maintenance department in the school put a dimmer on the light switch for them so that they can dim the fluorescent lights. They wear sunglasses in the room. They may have uh, shades or, or blinds over the windows in the classroom Mm -hmm. because those photons of light hitting our retina is a physical stressor on the body. Mm -hmm. And so that is pushing everybody's needle towards Northwest. If I have low resiliency and vitality, it's going to push my needle into my migraine zone. Mm -hmm. And so I can't tolerate light. I got to have everything dimmed. The curtains closed, the sunglasses on. Right. As they restore their health, I ask them every week, How's the sensitivity to light? Is it a little bit better, a little bit worse, exactly the same? You know what? This week, I didn't have to wear my sunglasses in the classroom. Mm. 
couple weeks later, you know what? I, I didn't have to dim the lights. That's awesome. This woman has more spoons. Mm. Right? Yeah. She has more resiliency and vitality. It, she can tolerate more photons of light hitting her retina. That sounds a lot more hopeful, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. So we want more spoons. This is part of the process of restoring our health. It's restoring our resiliency and vitality so that we can weather all of these stressors that we are continuously being bombarded with. I wonder if most people even would consider that you can get more spoons. Because like we have talked about many times, our belief system around medical care and stuff is just that, oh, this is what I'm stuck with, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody talks about resiliency and vitality. Mm-mm. Especially in the natural medicine space. It's all about the supplements. It's all about the Butterbur. It's all about the CoQ10. It's all about the colon cleansing. It's our resiliency and vitality that keeps us in the green zone, keeps our needle pointing north, mm -hmm. keeps us in homeostasis in a state of health. It's our resiliency and vitality that does that. Because these stressors are going to be continuously bombarding us. Mm -hmm. Right? When we have chronic migraines, we try to bubble wrap ourselves. We try to just live in a bubble. Yeah. Can't have too much light on, you know, can't have the lights too bright. I can't have the sound too much. Can't have the computer on, you know, can't have the computer on too much. I can't get into an argument or a confrontation with anybody. I can't be in the car too long. I can't sleep too late. I can't get up too early. Let's not even start on the food list. <laughs> All right. I can't eat tomatoes. I can't eat almonds. I can't, right? I actually, it's funny because I started working in a school at the beginning of August or middle of August, right? And so in the two months, I have discovered at least a half a dozen people who suffer with some version of this. Like um, one of my coworkers was like, oh, I ate three bites of gluten and now I have a headache. It was like just very exactly like this like oh i cannot even look at gluten without getting sick and i know that mm -hmm. you know that's a big thing for people right now mm -hmm. eating food and digesting our food is a physical stressor on the body mm -hmm. if our digestive function is low we're going to have even more physical stress on the body mm -hmm. different foods are harder to digest just inherently than other foods mm-hmm so again, it's not the food. We've done a few podcasts on this and digestive function and food triggers, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's physically stressful to eat and digest our food. What are you going to do? You got to eat to live. Yeah. Right? We need to have enough resiliency and vitality to weather the physical stress of eating. Mm -hmm. It takes a spoon to eat. We got to give up a spoon to eat, but we can get more spoons. Mm -hmm. So this is what we should be striving for. This is part of the healing process. Increasing our resiliency and vitality. Increasing our spoons. Right. That's what health is. We've got enough resiliency and vitality. We've got enough spoons that we can be exposed to all of these different stressors. 
and still feel good. It almost makes me think putting ourselves in a in bubble wrap in and of itself is a stressor. Like all the worrying that we do and avoiding and thinking about and what if this and what if that's that come up, like that is stressful in and of itself. Hundred percent. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is where, like I say, the author of Spoon Theory is very astute in picking up this natural phenomenon as it relates to our resiliency and vitality in the face of all of the stressors that we are continuously being bombarded with, right? It's a very astute observation. It's a very astute thing that she's picking up on. But again, we have been told over and over and over again that when you have a chronic health condition, you are doomed, defective, bad genes, unlucky, mm-hmm. right? Out, out of luck. Yep. Best you can hope for is to manage the condition. Mm-hmm. So what the author of Spoon Theory hasn't been told is that the health condition that she has, um, it's what I read online. She has a condition called lupus, which is an autoimmune condition that can be, you can recover from lupus. Hmm. But she hasn't been told that. She's been told that she has to manage the symptoms of the lupus. Mm -hmm. She's been told that over time, her autoimmune condition is going to continue to damage her organs, Mm -hmm. uh, eventually, you know, leading to her death. Mm -hmm. And she does not feel good. She's in chronic pain. And she's just trying to make it through the day, as you say, going through this mental exercise every day. Well, should I spend a spoon here or spend a spoon there? Yeah. Right. No one, the tragedy of this is that no one has told her that she can restore her health. She can turn around this autoimmune condition and that she can get more spoons. Right. Yeah. That's sad. You know, thank God migraines don't cause organ damage, right? Uh, Migraines, as horrific as they are and as horrible as we feel, they are not a condition that causes organ damage, like something like lupus does. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Okay. But migraine sufferers, again, they really related to the spoon therapy, uh, spoon theory, because when our needle goes into our migraine zone and we have that uh uh-oh moment, and then sometimes we can feel, oh, wait a minute, I came out of it, right? Because that's our resiliency and vitality pushing the needle back up. We can really feel where our needle is. Right. We're pretty unique. Right. This is one of the unique aspects with migraines because it's a flaring and remitting condition. Our needle is kind of going in and out of our migraine zone quite a bit. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about how, I mean, you know, I have some chronic issues as well. And I kind of look around me sometimes and be like, either I assume that everybody has something going on. So it's kind of like, well, just join the club. Everybody has pain, heartburn, you know, whatever. Or you could go to the picked on version where you're like, Nobody suffers like me. Like neither of those places are good to be in, you know? Yeah. And I'm right. I'm kind of wondering if you were to, you know, just cast a net and grab a thousand people, 
how many of those people would tell you that they actually feel good normally? Like, not many. What does that mean? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, what does feeling good actually look like anymore? I wonder. This is absolutely the tragedy of our time. Mm-hmm. Because people in general are not feeling well at all. Mm-hmm. People are not feeling well physically, mentally, or emotionally. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, uh, amongst uh, migraine sufferers, you know, common thing that we say to ourselves, how come, uh, uh, you know, I, I went to a family reunion and, a you know, a second cousin of mine was sitting there drinking, you know, drinking the beers and eating the uh-huh. brownies and right. And I'm sitting there, you know, with an ice water and, you know, gluten free, this or that. Right. Mm-hmm. Why am I like this? Right. Why do, why, why do I have to live this way? The thing with those of us that are prone to migraines, we have this little migraine zone. Mm -hmm. And when our needle goes in that zone, we're going to get a migraine. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very obvious when we get a migraine. Mm -hmm. Most people don't have that. Their needle starts to go down, 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 down towards west, but they're not that aware of it. Mm -hmm. The symptoms on their dial aren't that extreme. Where it's just you're so used to them that you don't even hardly acknowledge they even exist anymore. Or there are things, so, you know, something like, say, somebody has heartburn on their dial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I'll take a Tums, I'll take a Prilosec, okay? Those suppressive medications are pretty effective at suppressing the heartburn. Mm -hmm. To suppress the production of stomach acid... You're just suppressing one thing that's going on in the body. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to do that. To suppress a migraine, it's a multiple uh, system set of symptoms. It's not so easy to suppress a migraine. A lot of those other conditions, like you can still function, right? Where, where migraine is so much more debilitating for sure. Exactly. Exactly. You know, people have a migraine, they may literally not be able to stay awake, mm-hmm. right? They have to go to bed. They don't have a choice. Whereas heartburn, I can pop the Tums like candy. I can, right? I'm not, it's not putting me in bed. Mm-hmm. Right? So people have these symptoms along their dial as their needle is going further and further west. The symptoms that they're prone to are not that obvious or they're not that debilitating. But their health is still, that needle is still going down towards west. They're getting further and further away from a state of health, mm-hmm. from the green zone, from north. I don't know if that's helpful or, or not, but just knowing that, yeah, you are a migraine sufferer, but you're not alone in the suffering either, you know? Mm-hmm. So many of us are. I am grateful that I have a migraine zone. Hmm. Because by the time I started getting migraines when I was around 25, I had other symptoms too. You know, I would eat lunch and I would basically kind of fall asleep at my desk at work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would get sick for a month every January with the flu and then a bronchitis and then a walking pneumonia. And um, I had uh, digestive pains and so on. I had a lot of other symptoms. Mm -hmm. But I I wouldn't have done anything about it. The migraines? Oh, boy. 
was I motivated to get rid of those migraines. <laughs> I would have done anything. Yeah, you tell me what to do, I'll do it. I don't want to have these migraines. Mm. Versus, uh, you know, I'm, fa- I'm fatigued, I have digestive, this and that. Oh, okay, right. This is what most people have along their dial. Mm. And yeah, you know, they suffer, but they don't suffer enough to actually take action. Mm-hmm. Migraines? Oh, we're going to do whatever it takes to get mm. rid of these things. That's and right. I am so grateful for that. So grateful for that. Because the pain motivated me. Mm. Would I have been motivated by heartburn? Eh, probably not. Not enough. Yeah, not enough. Eh, okay. Muscle pain and fatigue. Would I have been that motivated as I was? Eh, probably not. Hmm. so my migraines were a gift hmm. they were the kick in the pants that i needed say so, oh no i'm not gonna live like this no way right other people right they're suffering they may not be suffering as much as we are when we get a migraine but they're still suffering mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine you know when you look around like i said at a thousand people it's hard to believe that so many of us would be suffering in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Our healthcare system is 19% of the economy. Mm. We are getting sicker and sicker physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. This is our wake-up call. This is the kick in the pants that we need. Mm. I kind of wonder, like, you know, where do you even start? Where do you, (laughs) you know, as a society, it's such a big problem. And I just don't know as a whole where we even begin. And then on an individual level, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of a big deal. I believe the world is saved by one person at a time. Mm -hmm taking charge of themselves. Mm. I love that. Right? Because we are the only people we can change. Mm-hmm. And particularly we women, you know, we put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to get help until my children feel better. I'm not going to get help until my husband, you know, my, uh, my, my husband really should get right. If we're motivated, we need to take control. And do us first. Mm-hmm. Right? The proverbial put on your oxygen mask first before helping others, right? I've always hated that analogy. <laughs> Just because <laughs> if you really, if you're a mom and you really think that scenario through, you're like, there's no way I can put my own oxygen mask on. Like, you just mentally cannot do it. But it's, it's tough. You have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to, right? Mm-hmm. So this is how we change the world. We change ourselves first. So, so true. All right. Well, thank you, Mary. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. It was fun. I'll talk to you guys later. Well, wonderful. And thanks everybody for listening. And before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. Um, And please, if you have somebody in your life who's suffering from chronic migraines, please share this information with them. Who could benefit from this information that we talked about today? Please share that on your social media or share it with your friends and loved ones who've been praying for this information. 
And if you want to stay connected with Mary and I, please join our free Facebook group. We have nearly 12,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life naturally. You can go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar, ND in the search box on Facebook, or you can go to HealingMigrainesNaturally.com and we will redirect you there. 